Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning. Welcome to Not Without My Sister. Today we are going to discuss... No, start again. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister. Today we are going to... Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister. This is Beatrice McCabe, here with my sister Rosemary. We always give both of our surnames, and yet they are the same. So I'm going to say I'm Beatrice, here today with my sister Rosemary. McCabe. But I would like to point out that's because when I worked at the Irish Times, if people were siblings, you always said Beatrice McCabe and Rosemary McCabe, because if they were married, you would say Beatrice and Rosemary McCabe. You'd say like John and Mary Burke, and that implied that they were married, whereas if they were siblings, you made sure to say that. I don't know why. Like, it didn't, no, I, mean, I don't know if I, people really picked up on that. No, my point is more like we're in about episode 250 now at this point. So I think people know what our names are. This could be somebody's first episode. This could be their cherry popping, not without my sister. Well, I'm Beatrice McCabe, here with my sister, Rosemary Payne and the whole McCabe. And we are going to talk today about what is the best piece of advice you ever were given. And I think in your case, Rosemary, clearly it was um, surname usage. No, the best piece of advice I've ever been given is just forget about it. Throw all his clothes out in the street. Get rid of him. Never speak to him again. That was dad when I had like a minor argument with my ex-boyfriend Liam. <laughs> that was with Liam. Oh, that was with Liam. Liam used to drive me mad because he used to, um, well, he wasn't great at the housework, right? I think he's got marginally better. But when I lived with Liam, anytime we had an argument, if either of us got upset or annoyed, he would literally just turn his tail and walk out of the room. He just could not deal with any kind of confrontation or argument. He would just turn around and leave. And it drove me absolutely mad. And I remember saying to dad, he's actually driving me mad. Like he can't have any kind of discussion. He just leaves the room. You know what you need to do. You need to just pack up all his things and throw, put them out in the street. What? 
What? A, that's probably not legal, right? But dad also, didn't somebody do that? Didn't one of their friends do that? Throw it, like cut up all their husband's suits and throw oh, them out? In the, I think that's ringing did. a bell, isn't it? It is. I wish the children would stop stomping around overhead. They're probably like walking in fairness to them. But um, <laughs> that seems to be dad's advice to everything. I mean, doesn't dad kind of turn tail and walk out of the room? But also, sorry, dad liked Liam a lot. Oh, dad really likes Liam. No, dad doesn't turn tail and walk out of the room. What he does is, I've, I've told you my bit now. I've, I've had, I'm, I'm not talking about this anymore. I've given my two cents and you can choose to take the advice or you can choose to not take it. Oh, no. But I'm not having this discussion anymore. I'm not talking about advice. If you're having a disagreement or no, but I'm saying with dad. That's, no, he, that's how he approaches sorry. arguments. No, it's not. Now he goes, he goes, I've said my two, my two cents, my two pence. I've said my two cents. And then he stands up and he storms off. Oh, yeah. I'm not listening to this anymore, Claire. And he'll get the iPad, get the computer, take all of his things off the table, wiggle his fingers a bit because that's, that's like flexing energy <laughs> for, for him. Effect. Yeah, and then he'll just storm off. But you know what? Speaking of storming off, I stormed off out of my neighborhood Facebook group yesterday. Like virtually? I left the group, Beatrice. I'd had enough. I'd had an argument two weeks in a row with the same guy. And then I was like, I've actually had enough. Do you know what this guy looks like IRL? Yes, because he has a profile picture. But I mean, have you met him? Have you seen no. him around the... the oh, no, no. Sorry. But if my house gets toilet papered, I'll suspect it was him. What was this argument about? What were both of these arguments about? So last week, he was talking about um, that there's a big issue with solicitation in our housing estate. When people come and knock on your door and try and sell things. And as somebody who spent one day in Tullamore trying to sell a teeny tiny rollout piano, I feel a great... <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> feel great empathy. Have I not told you this? I feel great empathy. I'll tell you that in a minute. I feel great empathy for people who go door to door. I'm like, it's a job. I feel less empathy for the Jehovah's Witnesses, but if they're actually coming and trying to sell you internet or trying to move you on to a different service provider, I'm like, I understand that's your job and you get paid for this and I'm not going to sign up to your thing, but I'll open the door and say, no, sorry, I'm not interested. You know, thank you so much. Hope you have a good day. Whatever. So anyway, they want to put up a sign at the entrance to the estate saying, no solicitation. Yeah. Sheriff will be called. Sheriff will be called? Yeah. Law enforcement will be informed, right? And he was basically crowdfunding for the $60 to pay for this sign. But like, is it even, is it legal? Like, no, it's not legally binding. And like, yeah. you could call the sheriff and be like, this person is a nuisance. But the sheriff's going to come out and go, what have you been doing? And the person's going to go, oh, I've been knocking on people. You're allowed to knock on people's doors. Not that you'd want to in America anymore with everybody being knocking on doors. I mean, would you not have a bit of empathy for these poor people who probably like take their lives into their hands every time they knock on a door? Exactly, exactly. And actually, another time somebody said... Somebody in the group, I mean, I hate this group. Somebody in the group put up a picture from their doorbell of two kids doing knickknacks, which they call Ding Dong Ditch, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, these kids, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the other people commented and said, they're lucky they didn't come to my door because I've got a, and basically the name of some gun. And he was like, they obviously don't realize this neighborhood is full of vets. And I'm like, sorry, are you actually saying those children are lucky they didn't do a knickknack at my door or they might have been shot? And I think yeah. that is what they're that actually is, saying. Oh, that's 100% what they're saying, yeah. Bizarre. Anyway. So he's crowdfunding for this thing and he was going, does anybody want to contribute, right? And I just said, I commented on the thing and I said, you know, personally, I don't actually really mind people coming to the door. And I was like, I understand that they're just trying to do a job and it's not really a big deal to me. And I was kind of going, I'm not giving you any money, but I was like, I don't really mind. And Bob, you don't speak for us all. Yeah, exactly. And he responded and said, great, next time someone comes to my door, I'll send them right over to your house. I was like, what? That they're also knocking at my door too, you maniac. But I'm also going, I have a, like a, quite a reactive dog to the doorbell. Yeah. And I have a baby. And if I can deal with it, you can deal with it. Yeah. So that was last week, right? So I was like, obviously stewing over that. And then yesterday, what was it? Oh, this is, oh, yeah, totally bizarre. Another, these ring doorbells have a lot to answer for. He put up a still image from a camera, the back of his house and said, these people were spotted in my yard. Does anybody know who they are? 
Beatrice, they were children. I'd say the oldest was 12. Like it was a blurry photo, but they were clearly children, right? He has, he has no fence around his yard. They were walking, like the kids in our estate obviously walk around, they walk towards the pond. If you don't have a fence around your yard, they're not like being super careful to obey the very hard to see markings, right? Of like, what's your house and what's someone else's house. They're literally just walking across the yard. And uh, somebody then said, oh, I saw them in my yard as well. And then somebody else is going, like, it looks like they're doing this. And he was like, they were there for about 10 minutes. You're like, what is wrong with you? Was he not there like himself? So this is it, right? So he was basically going, we need to all tell our kids to stay out of people's yards. And I commented and I was like, I highly doubt that they even knew they were doing anything wrong. They're just kids. I don't really see what the issue is. Is it just the principle of this is my yard or is there something like, are you afraid they're going to damage something? And I was genuinely asked, well, yeah. I mean, obviously we've had our issue in the past, but I was genuinely asking the question. And he writes back and he says, um, I have two dogs and an invisible fence around the property. And if kids come into my yard, they're not going to know that. And I don't want to deal with anybody getting bitten. And then he was like, anyway, it's my property, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and on this instance, we were actually away in Florida. And I'm like, okay, so the dogs weren't in the yard. Yeah. So that wasn't an issue. But I was just like, what? Like, why do you even care? I mean, I kind of, oh yeah. And, the, <laughs> and then I said, look, fair enough. Obviously we can all do what we want with our own property or whatever. And I said, you're just giving serious Mr. Wilson vibes. And then I left the group. But also I would like to point out, if you have dogs who bite people, get a fence. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if people wander onto your property and get a, oh. get bitten by your dogs, your dog will have to be put down. So well, get a fence. I don't know that that's true here, actually, because, and I'll tell you in a second, but I think we should just clarify because in Ireland, most houses have fences. fences. But like yeah, when you say walls. my property and he has an, an invisible fence, there's a lot of just open gardens here. There aren't like very clear dividers between, you know, the and especially where you live, it's a lot of undeveloped areas. So yeah, and there aren't be, any dividers at all. No, it could be very hard for these kids to understand this is now my back garden versus this is the, the area between my back garden and, you know, the street. Yeah, I know. And the other thing that I'm slightly sorry that I didn't say is that I highly doubt he would be putting up that picture and calling them people if they were white kids. Oh, well, you didn't mention that they were black kids. I know, because even when he put up the post, I was like, should I just say, would you be saying the same thing? But I'm, but I'm like, A, that's not my place to say because I'm white. And then I was like, actually, maybe that is my place to say because if a black neighbour came also, along and said that. But also, like, this guy just sounds obnoxious. Well, you know, yeah, it's absolutely obnoxious. So I had a similar, so you know, I've been in and out of hospitals with Bo recently. Oh, yeah. And anaphylactic shock um, and going to allergy testing, all this kind of stuff. And along the way I met like very lots of different people, you know, and you have like lots of inane chit chat with people in waiting rooms and like in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And one of the nurses said to me, you know, was just making chit chat and was talking about um, their own back garden. I'm talking about and was telling me this random story. I was like, people are actually just like crazy possessive about their gardens. Now, I wouldn't be delighted myself. Like when I go out and I see a rabbit or a squirrel or a chipmunk, you know, you do get see red mist yes eating one of my like beloved tiny tiny plants that don't seem to be growing I <laughs> I get very annoyed right and I mean how I would feel if a person in a house adjacent to me was to be seen in my spotted in my garden plucking a flower <laughs> I would probably be <laughs> horrified what? Right? who was plucking her so, flowers well this this woman was telling me that like the neighbor two doors down apparently was seen by the neighbor one door down plucking flowers from all of their various gardens, right? <laughs> and she didn't necessarily see anybody in her garden, but when she went to examine her rose bush, there were the rose branches, so gone. to speak. There they were, gone. Yeah. I wonder if this was a Claire McCabe kind of taking a slip or two. I mean, well, I wondered the same thing, but a rooting powder off you go, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's how does that's normal. work? Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. And then, and, but then she went on to, she was like, well, we're going on vacation and, and um, like when I go on vacation, I'm really concerned. Like it was a bit of a leap from there to the next statement. I'm very concerned that all my garden furniture is going to be stolen. I was like, what? Like this person took a rose off your rose bush. Why are they suddenly... She's also, just making herself a nice bouquet. But also, like, wouldn't it be a bit obvious if you came back from your holidays, the neighbour two-door stand has all your <laughs> garden furniture in their garden, right? That would actually be so funny. What do you mean? I've had this for ages. Yeah, mm. it would actually be a really Sorry. difficult conversation. Prove to me that it's mine. Yeah. I'd be like, well, it's got a birthmark under it. It's got a... Hard, right? <laughs> Can you imagine having that conversation with the sheriff? So anyway, I think there is a lot of uh, possessiveness. But in this case, the advice would be to make sure that you are aware of the boundaries of anybody's home before you go trotting across the meadow, because there may be invisible boundaries where people's property belongs to them and you shouldn't be letting your kids trot on it for their own health and safety. Well, I was more thinking the advice would be never join a neighbourhood Facebook group. Only bad things happen in there. But like Rosemary, you are the number one curtain twitcher. So like that's <laughs> this, this is who you're hanging out with, right? <laughs> But I like to curtain twitch in private and like from from my upstairs window and just like I like to know what's going on, but I wouldn't ever really go on Facebook and complain about it. I think I joined one of these ones when we lived in Dallas and it drove me mad. I unjoined in about 20 minutes because I was like, it was so dull and the complaints were so petty. The last the last complaint I got involved in was somebody complaining that their neighbours hadn't mowed their lawn and that there were too many dandelions in their lawn. And I started talking about no mow May and then it was just <laughs> descended into farce <laughs> from there. Like, who's this one? Who is this one? This, who's this contrarian? Who's this communist? Yeah, exactly. Who's this communist? You're right. But uh, yeah, I, I joined and I, I just remember it was like, oh, this person has painted their door a colour that's not approved in the HOA. This person's, has anybody seen there's a car idling on the corner for the last two hours? Uh, oh yeah, the cars are a big one, yeah. And the bins, like this person hasn't brought their bins in or like our HOA says that we're not supposed to have our bins visible from the front of the house. So technically our bins are supposed to be in our garage. But in the summer, who wants to put their stinking bin in the garage? It gets so hot and gross. I know, Beatrice, I know it's my problem. problem, But we put it at the side of the house and that's not allowed. We also had in our last HOA, there was, we were just talking about this yesterday with the kids actually, because Bo was asking if we'd ever get an RV, like camper van. And Don was telling them that, you know, in the last HOA, like you weren't allowed to have a camper van. Oh, you weren't allowed to park it in public view, wasn't it? Because it was considered trashy. Isn't that weird? Our neighbours in our last house, and actually we didn't have a HOA. The neighbours were up in arms about the other neighbour who had like a very nicely kept RV in their driveway. Yeah, RVs are like extremely expensive. It's the other mm-hmm. thing I think is like you're literally you're putting a hundred thousand dollars out on the driveway and they're like, this looks low class. Now, if mom had a HOA, there would be no laundry visible at the front, right? Oh, at the front. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be allowed to hang your knickers out at all. Oh, God, she'd hate. She never hangs out the knickers. Or if she does, she'll hang it on a whirly gig by one peg so that you can't really tell that it's knickers. It could be a hanky. <laughs> That's her tactic. Very large hanky. <laughs> A towel. It could be a towel. Uh, yes, she'd also have the garden mode the whole time. Yeah, true. Philip would have to have the garden and it would be written in the bylaws, Philip McCabe must mow the lawn every Sunday night. If your farm animals by any chance got out and onto someone else's property, you would be liable for any and all damage, which, oh, I mean, yes. you should be, right? That should be true. But yeah. yeah, she's still upset about that tree that got munched by those cows. It wasn't just a tree, but the cows used to get in through that fence that your man, that like the farmer had to keep fixing. And the cows used to come in and just munch all of her shrubs, which were everything. Yeah. But they were also in their infancy back then. Mm -hmm. Like now they could do with a good munch and trim them back, you know. But my point is, yeah, you love that word munch. I just don't want to think about mom with anything could do with a good munching. 
Sounds really bad. Oh, Rosemary, her bush could do with a good munch. Oh, <laughs> you shouldn't like that. <laughs> Rosemary, take that out. <laughs> well, um, but now like they're massive. But you know, they were at that. I was looking at my flowers yesterday going, there's this, these seedlings. Like they've been this same height for honestly two and a half months and suddenly they will grow. You know what I mean? We have a strawberry plant that the boys planted from seed and it literally, honestly, Beatrice, is microscopic. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be able to see it without your glasses. Not yeah. you, but one. And then yesterday, all of a sudden, I went, oh, it has two new leaves. And it's been like that for yeah. two months. Bizarre, right? I was convinced it was dead. Oh, I felt very bad for poor Chance the other day. So Chance has taken a great interest in eating pe- peaches. And then you get the hammer and you oh, crack the, the pit. Shell, you take out the seed. Right. So within the pit, there is a seed, right? Okay. In the pit there is a seed, rare seed, rattling seed. And I said, watch me chance, I'll do this for him. So I oh, go God. Hammer, crack it, crack the whole thing. Seed splits in two, he's in floods of tears. So off we go down to Kroger that minute, right, to buy another bag of pizza. You pieces. are soft. Well, I was more like, he's so upset, why not, right? This so is a nice project, go. I suppose, as well. It's yeah, not like he's like making crack cocaine in the back garden. Jesus Christ, he's seven, Rosemary. So Ooh. off we go down to Kroger, we get the peaches, we come back. Then he goes... These peaches are gross. So I have to eat all that. They were gross, flavorless little hard things, right? So I munch my way through these peaches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why did you eat it? Why didn't you just cut the peach and then throw it into the garden to distract the bunnies from your plants? Didn't even occur to me. And that sounds wasteful. Rosemary, I spent six weeks in France where nothing was wasted. The blood from the meat of the dinner was used oh. to be drunk at the breakfast the following morning. With the French family, right. No. The rotten but- fruit was put into a vat and stewed with sugar and mother still exclaims upon its deliciousness. She's such a weirdo. I would like to point out that my former personal trainer used to tell me that whether you eat something or whether you put it in the bin, it ends up in the same place. That's not quite true. Rotting in the earth. Oh, well, anyway. You ate all the peaches. We ate all the peaches and we put some in the fridge, as father said, cold stratification. Right. Oh, the some of the seeds in the fridge. The seeds right. in the fridge for two months. And then I'm like, it's probably going to be too late. I'm going to take them out next week. It's about three weeks. And then we planted some of them. And next thing you know, Chance is like, oh my God, my peach. I never thought we'd see anything coming out yeah. of the peach. And an amazing, like three inch tall sort of strand came out of the peach, right? Right. And Chance was almost crying with happiness. I'm waiting for this to get eaten by a bunny. No, no, it was inside. It was in the kitchen. Oh. And when I came down about a week into the existence of this three inch tall, and we'd all admired it, etc. Somebody had clearly flicked it over and it lay there <gasps> sad and broken. And then it just shriveled and died. So oh, no. Yeah. That's so the advice sad. is if you really care about a peach. Put it in a protective glass case. Yeah. Keep it away from the kettle and other little kids. Don't put it close to the kettle. Anyway, no. So dad's advice to me was similar to the advice that he gave you. I also want to hear about the roll-up whirly gig thing that you were talking about, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, Dad's advice to me was similar to dad's advice to you when I said, went to him and said, like, I just don't get on with Rosemary. Like, she just doesn't want to be my friend. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried the other. She prioritized. Well, I was about 25. She prioritizes everybody else. Maybe 28. Like she, she has all this time in the day for everybody else and no time in the day for me. Forget about her. Just accept it. Cut her out of your life and just get on with it. Just accept. Some people you, just aren't meant to be friends. Yeah, you and she are never going to be friends and that's it. Just what, what, what other options do you have? Just accept it. Move on. Consider yourself an only child. Do you think dad is actually an excellent advice giver? I think dad might be 10% sociopath. 
Maybe 20. <laughs> Poor dad. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anyway, the piano. Oh yeah, the piano. I'm sure I told you this story before. It was when I was working in Galway and I was looking for part-time work while I was in college. And I applied for a job that I'd seen advertised probably in the Galway advertiser that said like, you know, are you musical? Are you outgoing and personable and do you have a knack for blah, blah, blah? And like, we're hiring people in your area. And it was one of these really vague things that now that I'm older, I'm like, this is a bullshit sales job. But at the time I was like, ooh, marketing. But it's like door-to-door marketing, right? I didn't realize that. So anyway, I went in for, there was a day of, like a full day of interviews where it was like dress, business, casual. I think I had to buy a pair of trousers. Came along, did a full day of interviews, a full day of like orientation, a full day of different projects. And then I was quote unquote chosen. I think I basically was one of the, one of the last people standing. I think the rest of them were like, fuck this. So anyway, I was chosen. And then they were like, we want you to do a day out in the field, kind of getting to know. We just want you to shadow this other guy. So I arrived in the morning and we got into his teeny tiny, like the smallest car I'd ever seen a grown man driving. <laughs> and we drove from Galway to Tullamore. And that was where we were spending the day going door to door, trying to sell these various items. One of which was, it looked like a rolling pin, but then you put it on the counter and it rolled out and it was a piano. Sounds actually amazing. And it worked, right? And I wasn't allowed to say anything, so I just had to follow your man. And he was South African. So we're going to go, hello, hi, I'm here. We've got some very special offers in the area. I'm just going to show you this little, this little piano. It's, do, you, do you have kids? Do you have kids? Do they like music? Wonderful. We just roll it out. It doesn't take up any space. Look, I'm going to show you. And he could only play chopsticks. <laughs> and of course, I heard chopsticks fucking 50 million times that day. And then for lunch, he took me to Subway. And afterwards, I was going, you know what? I was like 18 or 19. I was like, it's actually really dodgy sending an 18 or 19 year old off in a car with this like 
28, 29 year old guy pre to Tullamore too. for the day. And, but, but also... Pre-me too, Rosemary. Very pre-me too. But also after about an hour, I was like, I hate this. I'm not doing this job. But I had to stay for the whole day. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't be like, take me back to Galway right now. I had to walk around business after business. Hello, I've got some very special offers. <laughs> Do you have any kids? Do they like music? Wonderful. <laughs> you needed to get your value out of those trousers. So basically you then, <laughs> you were down three days of effort and a pair of trousers. And but you got your lunch bought for you. Yeah, that was my first ever Subway. So maybe it was worth it, but God, you're such a that has given me great compassion for people who do door to door. Yeah, no doubt. God. Although he made it look easy, I have to say he was very good at it. Hello, did he sell a lot of stuff? He actually sold a couple of rollout pianos. I was kind of I didn't think anybody was going to buy this tat. There was like other tat, but the rollout pianos were the star. So, what Rosemary has been the best piece of advice that you've received in your life that you live by? What is the mantra that you live by? Well, it's not the mantra that I live by. But the best piece of advice I've ever received was from Marion Finucane. Who had you name dropping head wrecker? Who was at school with our mother. So was a friend of, of our mom's. And I remember when I was finishing up school and I wanted to do journalism and I decided this is what I wanted to do. Mom was like, oh, you know, we'll invite Marion over and you can ask her about it, right? I actually remember one time Marion and John, her husband, came over for dinner and Liam was there. This is when I was going out with Liam. And afterwards, Liam, the only man in Ireland not to know, went, oh my God, I had no idea Marion Finucane smoked. And like... Didn't she have the smokeriest voice as well? Do you know what I mean? She had a real smoker's rasp. He was like, I had no idea that she smoked about 20 cigarettes yeah. throughout dinner. But anyway. Like Miley Cyrus. She smoked. She's getting very raspy. Oh yeah, she is getting very raspy. I just thought that was a country music thing. Anyway, so I was talking to Marion Finucane and I was like, what do you think? I'm thinking of doing journalism. Do you have any advice? I was thinking of replying to DCU or something and... She said, oh no, if you're going to do journalism, do something else first. Because if you go and you get a journalism degree or a master's in journalism, what are you going to write about? You'll have no previous life experience. You'll have nothing else under your belt. And she was like, do an arts degree, do a different degree, so that when you go into journalism, you can have something to kind of build on and to write about. And I thought, or whatever, specialty. Yeah, and I thought that was really good advice. Because afterwards I kind of went, oh, you know, how do people get into writing like health health journalism or how do people get into sports journalism or how do people you know you obviously do have with sports journalism I think it's often you have the interest behind you rather than a qualification but it did make me think oh she's right journalism and the news and the media would be very narrow if everybody who worked there had only ever studied journalism and actually in hindsight as well I ended up doing a master's in journalism but if I had been able to get in the door somewhere without that master's, I wouldn't have needed it. Like I learned so much more in my arts degree and then I learned so much more on the job than I did actually doing the course. But without the course, I wouldn't have got yeah, in yeah. the door. You know what I mean? You enjoyed the course too, didn't you? I enjoyed parts of it. I mean, I hated, predictably, I hated doing my thesis, oh God, which just felt like it took 10 million years and I was never going to get there. I feel like I just had desperate imposter syndrome with my thesis. They're like, I had a crap theme, my granny's apron, right? Don't want to talk about it, right? Sorry, Beatrice, you had a crap theme. Yeah. Do you remember what my theme was? No. How women conspire to oppress women in women's media. The Rosemary, worst feminist on, ever. Sounds very on brand. But it should have been like how men, how women conspire to oppress women. I'm blaming the women. Yeah, yeah. Shame Nightmare. You. I know. Shame, shame, shame. I know. Anyway, back to Granny's Apron. <laughs> yeah, mine was about like, uh, you know, Granny, I think it was Granny's Apron and like, you know, I can't even remember. Wasn't it about kind of inherited ideas about fashion and style through families? It was. It was interesting. Do you know what? I can't remember. You interviewed me and mom. You were very professional. <laughs> <laughs> what is that laugh? 
I just am suddenly thinking about you at first. Oh my God. Yeah, I just hate it. But I felt like the whole time I was writing it going, this isn't even interesting. I'm not interested in it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you write those kind of things and you're just going, oh, I just want this to be done. What word count am I at? Oh, like, I know. How I many know. people have I quoted? How many but footnotes do listen, I have? Listen, in my experience, anything you spend more than a day writing becomes incredibly boring to you. Except for my book, This Is Not About You, which is available <laughs> everywhere books are sold. But like, you were really bored by that book. Oh my God, we towards the, the end, I was so sick of it. Sorry, and I, by, When I say we were doing the edits, by the time I jumped in at the 11th oh, and a half hour. Yeah, I'd also, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, we were talking about how nonplussed mom was by my success. But like literally the day my book came out, she's like, you must feel great. She goes, I hope you've thanked your sister. She did a lot of work on that book. <laughs> Amazing, Rosemary, I did, but like only because I put it off so long at the very last minute. I was like, here are a load of changes I think you could make. And you were like, are you joking? Yeah, it was like the changes have all been made. These need to be minor at this stage. And you're like, I really think this part here you could really expand on. I was like, minor. <laughs> I'll get involved earlier in the next one. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so advice I could give myself there would be that I do need to get involved in your projects earlier so that I can give you the benefit of my of my knowledge this is not the best advice you give yourself (laughs) (laughs) you vain bitch this is the best (laughs) advice you got from other people what's the best advice you've ever received I I, I mean honestly I know we came up with this topic but I have drawn an absolute blank while we're talking I can't think of any advice like somebody asked somebody like when I was at my last job we did some off-site and like they were going everybody here has a mentor everybody remembers their most important mentor and I was like who was my like I don't think I had a mentor and they were like Let's talk a bit about our mentors. Like, write down, great something, you know, inspirational your mentor told you. And I was like, I really don't feel like I had a mentor. Like, maybe in school, but not. I was just about to say, Mary Pierce. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe Veronica Dunn. No. Oh. I mean, like, she was a great teacher. But she was a tough nut, though, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, but she wasn't, like, you know, taking you under her wing and saying, oh, yeah. you know, here's some words of advice. She was like, see you next week. I was just about to say, she wasn't taking you under your wing. She was like looking at your own wings and then shoving you off the cliff and going fly. Well, also she was just going, she knew I I didn't do enough practice. So she was like, practice much harder and then come back, you know? Oh, sounds exhausting. But like in my career, I I don't know. I mean, my first boss. You worked with a renowned, inspiring woman, Diane von Furstenberg. What advice did she give you? Oh, she gave us the advice... um, No, I mean, I couldn't think of anything. Like her quotes, every, they're out there for everybody to see. Act like a man. I, I always acted like a man in a woman's body, which I found to be an undermining piece of advice. Like I'd like to act like a woman in a woman's body and yeah, yeah, yeah. not have to be a man. But I think that like that was of a certain generation, right? Yeah. So, so I understand the underlying message there. But it was very kind of, you know, dog eat dog when I was mm. kind of coming up through the ranks. It wasn't at all like hey, let me give you a hand here. Who can, you know, let me give you a boost. Let me help you. Yeah, I I think it was that. I think there are some industries and I actually think women's magazines, maybe only in Ireland because the industry is so small and there are so few opportunities, but there are industries right where it's like that. It's really competitive and it's really dog eat dog and you're not really taking people under your wing because you're afraid that they're going to take over your job or you're afraid that they're going to push you out. Well, I also think you're just so focused and busy on just surviving like yeah, just yeah. keeping this job and not getting shafted by you know somebody else and not mm. necessarily this person who is like actually have no threat to you you know yeah I, I don't even think you're thinking this person's going to usurp me and take my job it's more just that like I'm working every hour God gives me and I don't have time for this to be because like mentorship takes 
time it takes involvement you have to prepare for sessions you have to like, yeah. it's not you know and there's obviously like just on the job mentoring as well but I don't think I got a load of that but anyway what advice did I get that was good I don't know I'm gonna have to think for longer than this I also distinctly remember working in magazines and feeling like I just didn't have the time to mentor anyone like you said but not just because I was so busy but because it was almost like if you can't do this job really well you shouldn't be here and someone else should have your job you know what I mean? Because so if you look at a women's magazine in Ireland and you look at a women's magazine in the UK, the list of staff or contributors is so vastly different. Like you'd be looking at, we used to laugh and like open up Elle magazine or Glamour and kind of read out all the names and be like, oh my God, we've got to like 50 people and we haven't even got to the advertising department. In our place, it was like editor, deputy editor. If you're lucky, you had a writer, you had a fashion editor, you had a graphic designer and there was somebody working in advertising. But the graphic designer and the advertising person would also be working across two other titles. So you literally had such a skeleton crew that when we read about these magazines with dozens of people, you kind of be going, of course they can mentor people. Of course they can like foster a feeling of growth and learning and development. None of you are busy. You're writing one piece a month. No, but I also think that a lot of those magazines, especially in the UK, like a lot of those are very inflated titles and they're what would be the equivalent of an intern or assistant, you know, in another place because you're at a very kind of prestigious, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But like we didn't even have, because we didn't have the space. So like we didn't have any interns or any assistants yeah. because there were no desks, you know what I mean? So it was just really working on like the bare bones. Be different. I mean, it could be different now given that people are more open to remote working, etc. You know, this idea of we didn't have the space, you don't necessarily need to have the space now. You can all be in different places, etc. Yeah, that's true. But I desking. But I think as well we didn't have the money and I think now people have gone further and further away from free internships. Like it's very much frowned upon now to take an intern and not pay them yeah, a stipend I, or not yeah, pay them what, something. Yeah, but like what's a stipend? I mean, and I also think that we've gone far away from it, but I see it coming back. You know, I think like all of this, it's pendulum swings. Like I see it coming back and I don't think it's ever going to fully go away, even though I think it's really obviously rotten to, you know, yeah. like to not be paying the person probably doing the most the work that nobody else wants to be doing as well. Yeah, and it just means that the only people you get are the people who can afford to work for yeah, free, which exactly. is ruling out a lot of people. I'm trying to think what other advice, I'm trying to think like what advice could I give people that I would hope that in years to come they'd be like, that's the best advice I've ever got. Well, what would it be? Just do it. Just publish that book. Just write that piece. No. Just take that risk. Just go for No. Stop putting platitudes in my mouth. Ugh. <laughs> Just take that risk. No, I meant, no, like, no. The risk of coming to America. I know what risk. you meant. I know what you meant. And it's on theme at the moment as well. Well, I'll tell you what my advice would be, and it's more, but it's more work related. It's like try not to veer too far from your moral code, from your values. Oh, right. Whatever your own personal values are, because I think that there are decisions that you make, like throughout working, and things that you do that you just afterwards can be not proud of. Not massive things, mm. like how you treat people, or you know how you act in the workplace or you know I think for example one of the things that always bothered me was when you join a new company and people kind of go oh don't mind him he's xyz you know this one is kind of renowned for being Mm -hmm. and I was always tried really hard to not listen to that and to kind of make up my own mind but it's very easy as well to be influenced and to take on board other people's you know yeah yeah whatever but I'll tell you I've never taken them on board and been glad of it afterwards You know what I mean? I've always regretted it, like when I've made snap judgments or when I've been overly influenced by other people in positions of power, right? Saying those kinds of things. Yeah. And I would just say, like, there are a couple of things in my career, like not really not very many. And they're not even major 
where I go, I wish I hadn't done that or I would do that differently now and I feel yeah. bad about it and, you know, and I feel bad about not so much how I handled it, but like that it happened and kind of things mm. like not like necessarily as big as letting people go, but kind of giving people feedback. Maybe that was a bit harsh, you know, and not kind of thinking about how would I feel if I was to repeat mm-hmm, this? I mm-hmm. think because like nobody really teaches you to be manager, right? Yeah. And I think we all get really bogged down in this idea of like I'm managing people and what does it mean to manage somebody? I'll tell you what it means. It means like being a normal person and being nice to them and like all of you getting your work done together, yeah. you know? So that's what I would say is like, try not to fear too far from your moral code or your value set because it is who you are. And at the end of the day, it's all just work. I object to you saying that uh, your advice would be work-related. Maybe my advice would be work-related. No, no I would start there. Clar- no, my advice would be work-related. Sorry, I was just clarifying that my advice was work-related because... I don't want anybody to think that I have in any way ever compromised my value system or my moral code in my personal life. I never have. I have been a straight arrow of pure goodness all my life. I think that advice could actually be taken more broadly, though, as well to say, don't take other people's categorizations or opinions of other people. Like, allow yourself to make up your own mind. But at the same time, you know what I hate? I hate when people say things like, oh, well, like, I get on great with her. She's always been nice to me when you know that she's done something really bad to someone else. Do you know what I mean? Or he, if my friend's ex-boyfriend treated her really badly and then I'm going, oh, well, he's all, you know, we've always got on really well. You're like, no, you know how badly he treated that person that you pretend you love. Or you know the argument they had where that person betrayed someone else. Anyway, you know what? I actually think the best advice that I've ever got is from Clueless. You know, when she's getting her grades from school and she's like, everything's just a jumping off point to start negotiations, right? I don't think that's true about grades. And I definitely didn't apply that in school because I was just too busy going, fuck's sake, you should have got a B and I got a C. You should have got an A and I got a B. Can't believe that person got an A and I didn't, right? <laughs> that was my obsession. But I do think in life, a lot of the time when people, especially, well, in work, also to a certain extent in relationships, if people give you like, this is what I'm willing to do, or, or you know, even you get a job offer or somebody, you know, you're negotiating with somebody. Never take the first offer or the first suggestion. Like always push back if you want something else. You know what I mean? Like if you're happy with the first one, fine. But if you're going, actually, I want more money or I want better conditions or like you taught me this as well, that in jobs, why are you making that face at me? I just find this to be an uninspiring piece of life advice because you're going straight to negotiating a job offer. You have more. You're deeper than this, Rosemary. Well, I was going to say, if you're giving somebody a blowjob, close your eyes. What? If you're giving somebody a blowjob and there's any chance the sperm's going to go anywhere near oh, your face, close your eyes. Oh God, that's so much more you. And that is also very valuable life advice. Very important. <laughs> God. Listen, sounds trite, but when you get that in your eye, you'll think to yourself, I should have listened. That's so much more you. You're a bitch. <laughs> I'm trying to give like highbrow work advice and you're like, oh, the blowjobs are much more you. <laughs> no, it's just more, much more <laughs> controversial. That's much more you. The controversy, as they say in America, or the controversy. I don't think I'm really controversial anymore. Oh, you know what? Sorry. Here's life Uh, advice. Here we go. Now you're on a roll. I see. Here's life advice that I absolutely never take, though I should. I'm giving it to myself and I'm ignoring it, but I, I urge you not to ignore it. Don't follow people, listen to podcasts, read things from people if you hate them. I do a lot of hate watching. I do some hate listening. Or that negatively impact your own sense of well-being. I mean, I think that's probably the nicer way of saying it, right? Well, but like, don't read negative critiques or negative reviews if they're going to impact you badly. Like, 
read them if you're going to say, I'm going to take something from this and use it to like better my next. Well, that's not very whatever. broad advice because how many people are getting reviewed? No, in work, in life, you do you oh, get reviews all yeah, the time. Yeah, but you have you to don't. read negative reviews in work. Yeah, but I'm saying don't take it oh, on board. Don't take it to heart. Don't take it to heart. Take what's useful from it. You know, that is valid. That, But like, don't take any of that personally. Because at the end of the day, it's one person's opinion. I remember when I worked, I think it was at the Irish Times, I got given out, I think I've mentioned this before, for being bad at taking feedback. And I was like, it's literally just my face. I have a face where I look raging. Is it? Is it it just your face? Are you good at taking feedback? Question. Question. Uh, Innocent question. (laughs) (laughs) Literally feel like my eyes are going to pop out of their sockets with rage. Innocent question. You're so fucking well, annoying. I said things to you. Hey, I have some feedback. Oh, let me rephrase it. And you go, I don't want it. I don't want this feedback. No, thanks. Don't bother. I'll okay. Go. I you go. are not my boss. <laughs> we not your boss. do not work together. I'm not Therefore, can I give you some feedback? Is yeah. a dick question. No, it's not. Only your boss and your colleagues are allowed to it's give you feedback. to do with your work. That's not true. Mm. That's a rosemary rule. It is a rosemary rule number one. <laughs> Only take feedback from people who are paying you. <laughs> Only allow feedback. Only allow feedback from people who are paying you. Otherwise, as soon as somebody says you the say, word feedback, just go. Beep. Are you saying I never pay for you for anything? Oh, oh, no, it's not paying for you. Paying, paying you, you paying you, in paying cash. you. In yeah, cash. here's ten dollars. <laughs> now listen to this. <laughs> No, look, I don't think I'm good at taking feedback. And I've mentioned that before. I don't think, I, like, I'm not good at taking criticism. I take it really personally. And then sometimes it takes me, like, the next day or, or the day after, I'll go, actually, that was good. And, like, I should take that on board. But in the moment, I get really annoyed. But the problem with you giving me feedback is that often you give it to me at random moments when I'm not expecting it and I'm not open to, my heart is not open to the feedback. I'm in the middle of something else. No, that's fair. That's fair. Next so time we'll we should it. we should schedule a touch base <laughs> where you go, I have some feedback to give you. How's next Tuesday at 10? Yeah. And then I can burn down your house in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Oh my God, I thought of some other brilliant advice in the middle there, but now I can't remember it because that was actually hilarious. <laughs> what about advice on how to give feedback? You don't have any because you're not good at it. Well, I mean, I read an article in um, the Financial Times about how nobody is actually good at it and how feedback actually does not generate the results that we would like it to. And that in general, when you give feedback to somebody, they are less likely to be productive in the area that you wish them to be than if they were left oh, alone. So, I mean, is that something you think you'll be taking on board in our relationship? Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. So you're going to have to listen really carefully because any feedback I'm giving you is not what I really think. And anything that I don't give you feedback on, you should be worried about. You can sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister for extra episodes, ad-free episodes, more fun, more, more, more. More feedback. And please share your best life advice. That's what we'd like. Thanks for listening. Bye. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne, by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.